holding him as he died. You know, eight to ten rounds that were lodged in his torso, legs, and groin. I just reminded myself that, you know, six days that Ben fought. Ben fought for six days when the amputations were up to the hip. Three young men who, who lived their love of country and their faith in God. Well, God bless America, and thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. We, uh, we are saluting our military with this, uh, this episode of uh, Run the Race, and we really appreciate you uh, choosing us. And uh, make sure to go to WTVM.com slash podcast to listen to any of the previous 50-plus uh, episodes. We've got some really uh, fascinating guests talking about fitness and faith on a, a weekly basis. And right now, you know, America is in a time of transition. Uh, this uh, episode coming out right now on really the officially the day of the inauguration for President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect uh, Kamala Harris, uh, a his historic event for sure. And, uh, you know, our, our military uh, protecting uh, those folks in D.C. and protecting us all really around the world. And our, our guests for this episode are uh, co-authors of a new book, uh, called Three Wise Men. Now, you, you, when you when you hear that title, it may make you think of Christmas, right? Uh, the three wise men who who uh, brought gifts uh, to Jesus. Um, but um, as this book that just came out, uh, available in bookstores uh, last week. Uh, is really about uh, three brothers that have the last name Wise. It's a Navy SEAL, a Green Beret, and uh, how their Marine brother became a war's sole survivor. And uh, the co-author of this book, Tom Saleo, uh, he is actually a good friend of mine who worked at WTVM as a producer and editor about 18 years ago, right after 9-11. So I've known him for quite a long time. He's written uh, at least four books um, about military heroes, uh, including two that I've read already, Eight Seconds of Courage and Brothers Forever. I recently had the chance to uh, interview via Zoom uh, Tom and his co-author for Three Wise Men, Sergeant Bo Wise, uh, who uh, is the only person in the 20 years of the war in Afghanistan in terms of being an active duty combat member that was pulled from duty to the, to the deaths, unfortunately, of his two brothers in war, two family members. So the only one to get that sole survivor uh, status. I have a grandfather who was in the Navy. In fact, I have a flag in my house right now from my uh, grandfather's service. Uh, God rest his soul. And also, just recently, in the last few months, uh, lost an uncle who was in his 80s, Richard Rossborough, who uh, flew for the Air Force. And so uh, I honor uh, their legacy and uh, really, uh, you know, we, we really salute all our military men and women out there uh, that do so much for us. These are volunteers who, uh, uh, you know, pick up our flag and go all around the world and uh, protect us so that we can have freedom across America. And, you know, uh, our, our country, America, uh, built on a foundation of faith, and that's what we talk about on this podcast as well. It's one of the things we'll be dealing with uh, with our chat today. And, uh, you know, if you uh, get the chance, uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Google Play, Stitcher, whatever, or especially Apple Podcasts, if you can go down to the bottom of that page for Run the Race and write a quick review, we'd love for to hear what you think about it. You know, five stars if you like it. And I just wanted to read, uh, give a shout out to a couple folks who 
recently did reviews for us. One was uh, uh, Riley Review 09 says, quote, I enjoy listening to the podcast while running or doing any physical activity. The guests are always inspiring. And LMS 50 uh, wrote, I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. Great interview on such a humble person. And also some great guests for uh, this episode as well. I want to introduce you to him, Sergeant Bo Wise, who was in the active duty in the Marine Corps from 2008 to 2016. In fact, just leaving the reserves uh, less than a year ago, he was with the 1st Battalion, 3rd Marine Regiment, 3rd Marine Division. Again, he's the only known American service person to come out of the continuing war in Afghanistan with that designation of sole survivor. And uh, it's very similar comparisons to uh, Saving Private Ryan, but but he says they volunteered and their focus was on preserving lives. They don't consider themselves victims of war or military. Also, we have Tom Saleo, an author, and he's also the senior editor of The Stream. He's a recipient of the Marine Corps Heritage Foundation's 2016 General Oliver P. Smith Award for Distinguished Reporting. He's written several books, like I mentioned before, and used to be a, a reporter, producer, editor with us here at WTVM in Columbus, Georgia. And uh, the two of them talked to me about uh, how uh, Bo's two brothers died in combat, how he was pulled from combat as that uh, sole brother that survived. Uh, we talk about faith and depression, their advice for others in crisis, whether you're in the military or not. Um, you know, he is an elite sniper. So we talk about fitness and, and, and you know, staying fit, you know, not only physically but mentally as well. And uh, we talk about 9-11, how there are heroes among us, uh, and also more about this godly family from Arkansas. So here is my uh, conversation with uh, these co-authors of Three Wise Men. Well, I'd like to welcome uh, Sergeant Bo Wise and uh, co-author Tom Saleo to the uh, podcast. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, gentlemen. Hey, thank you for having us. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, we got you on uh, Zoom right now. I got a copy of your book recently, uh, Three Wise Men, a Navy SEAL, a Green Beret, and how their Marine brother became a war's sole survivor. That book uh, just coming out in the last few days. So congratulations on that. And it's available anywhere people can get books. So make sure to go out and, and get that. A good way to kick off uh, 2021. Um, and I wanted to kind of kick off uh, this interview by uh, first, um, Bo, asking you to you know, kind of tell us about, um, you know, I know it's, it's very tough to talk about but i'm sure it's something you've you know kind of uh shared a lot about uh, how your two brothers died and how you found out about um you know, losing uh to the people you're closest to in life uh yeah well when jeremy passed uh, it was just kind of over before i knew anything about it i was in helmand province afghanistan when uh when it occurred and he was um i, I think around a couple hundred miles away if, if, if that in uh, coast province in the northeastern part of the country on the Paki border. And I was in the south, in the southern part in Helmand. And um, it was right before the invasion of Marja in uh, December 2009. And uh, we were actually on and off. We were, we were going out to go get some, and then uh, everything just kind of got, got kanked in the middle of the night. And we, you know, ready to get up and get to this thing that we were preparing for. And um, not a lot of instructions was given us, given to us. We went back to battalion fob, and and then I was taken to battalion chaplain and informed what had happened. And he was in fob Chapman, Coast Province, Afghanistan, uh, and he was one of the CIA seven that was killed by a suicide bomber there, as was depicted in uh, uh, Joby Warwick's book, Triple Agent. 
and of course the movie Zero Dark Thirty. And Ben, uh, who started his career uh, where you are, right? Fort Benning was an Army infantry grunt, and uh, he graduated um, in 2000 and um, and stayed for jump school and then was assigned to 2nd Infantry Division of Fort Lewis. He eventually came on, uh, went on to become a Green Beret and passed selection at Robin Sage uh, as an 18 Delta, a SOCOM medic. And he was in his fourth deployment as well uh, to Falk Province, Afghanistan, or at least that's where he was at the time. And he was breaching a cave and was shot multiple times in you know, the chest, legs, and groin and, and fought for six days as, uh, you know, even when the amputations were up to the hip, fighting for every breath. But unfortunately, um, he succumbed to his wounds on January 15th, uh, nine years ago today, actually. Wow. Wow. Well, our, our definitely our condolences to you and your family, and, and uh, we appreciate you sharing your story, hopefully inspiring others. And we're going to talk later in this interview about how, you know, faith has played a role in your life and, and, and coping with the loss of your brothers. And because and, uh, I know that's, you know, kind of growing up in the South and in, in Arkansas, um, how, you know, that's an integral part for, for you guys. And uh, Tom, you know, um, uh, this book just coming out now, and uh, you've written uh, other uh, military memoirs. Uh, what can folks expect in this book, uh, Three Wise Men? I, the, the, uh, uh, the title definitely stands out because he, he makes you kind of think of Christmas, but obviously, you know, Bo Wise and his brothers you know, were the last name of Wise. Right. Uh, but uh, I would say, and thanks for having us on, Jason, uh, I would say that the title is really appropriate, not just because of their name, but because of that faith. Um, and I know you said we'll talk more about it later, but I think when people pick up the book in first reading, they'll they'll see, you know, a God-fearing family from Arkansas that, you know, were raised on those American values and and drove them, you know, not just toward military service, but just to be good people. And um, it was just such an honor to work with Bo and a privilege to help him tell the story of his family, his brothers, their service and ultimate sacrifice as well. And I hope people really take away from this. And, and of course, your viewers at Fort Benning know this better than anybody, the sacrifices that military families have been making for the last 20 years. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, I know you are, you know, write a lot about, you know, kind of the warriors and what they go through and making the ultimate sacrifice uh, post 9-11. And so we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, Bo, you know, I know that um, after uh, the loss of your two brothers and you, and you find out about that and go through that grief process, you were then pulled out from combat deployment. Um, and uh, because that's a military rule when it comes to protecting survivors who have lost family members, uh, what was your reaction to that? And, and, you know, how did you find out about that? I, I imagine you, you were not maybe happy about that. You know, we didn't know right away. I was with uh, Ben when he passed in Germany, uh, as well as, as his wife, uh, his widow, Tracy. And, um, you know, the, my parents weren't able to make it time to, say goodbye while he was alive and uh so they they went home we sent the family home and um i stayed back with another green beret and i was just waiting for the post-mortem autopsy and he and i were guardian angels for uh ben's remains and so when i i got to dover i was kind of you know trying not to think about really my career i don't even really have to think about it but uh the answer was came pretty swiftly um shortly after i arrived the commandant of the marine corps then General Jim Amos uh, came in and uh, consulted my parents and assured them that I wouldn't be going anywhere for a long time. 
and um, instantly right then, um, you know, I was uh, a little frustrated. I, I kind of uh, told, I had just told my wife we had re-enlisted and I said I have no intentions of leaving uh, Marine Infantry anytime soon. And uh, so we were just kind of planning on making career out of it. And I, uh, yeah, it, it, it came as a shock and a, a punch to the gut. Ultimately, looking back, hindsight's 2020, I think it was the right call. But uh, I, I did not agree with it at the time. I know maybe you're not real fond of the comparison, but uh, when you hear the story, it makes you think about the, the movie uh, that's so popular, um, Saving Private Ryan, from uh, many years ago. So uh, what, what do you think about that comparison or maybe the, the lack thereof? Yeah, you know, I, one of the reasons I think I was originally did, I mean, and I, it's a great film. I'm, I, I think it pays a, um, a great respect to the greatest generation and uh, but one of the things that I, I think that I, the reason I, I loved the comparison was because it was a draft war and Jeremy and Ben and myself, uh, all three enlisted very enthusiastically. And I, I kind of, they didn't just enlist, they re-enlisted multiple times and, uh, or at least Ben did. Um, and then, you know, Jeremy went on to another facet and then uh, in contracting and working for the Central Intelligence Agency, I re-enlisted in both active duty and reserves so, you know, I, I, I think the one thing that I was scared about was by using that comparison that people would uh, get, perhaps get the uh, um, impression that we were victimized some way by the war on terror. And I didn't want that you know, getting put out there. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and Tom, I know that for the last decade or more, you have uh, told stories of heroes uh, that have gone to battle for us, uh, you know, uh, in all branches of the military. So tell me about uh, how this book is different, uh, Three Wise Men, in terms of maybe people that have read your previous books. Well, uh, this is a, a historic story of sacrifice. Um, Bo is the only a uh, uh, U.S. service member who the sole survivor status was placed on as a result of the war in Afghanistan. There is another family uh, from the war in Iraq. Our hearts go out to them, of course. And uh, another family that I'm acquainted with as well, that uh, one of the brothers was tragically lost to suicide. And we grieve for them too. But uh, this is a really unique story that, you know, in the 20 years since 9-11, and if you think back to that time and when we went into Afghanistan and we're still there today, um, that this has only happened to one family as a result of that war. So uh, the level of, of sacrifice, um, not just in the fact that uh, Ben and Jeremy uh, were tragically killed, but the more than 1,600 combined days that Ben, Bo, and Jeremy spent in combat and the almost 10 years that spanned the war on terror where a wise brother was in theater at virtually any time over that decade long period. So I think uh, readers can expect something very unique, very emotional, and also very patriotic. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it myself. And, and Bo, you know, this, uh, this podcast is focused on fitness and faith. And obviously, you know, uh, you know, as and being in the army, you know, being fit's very important, but also, you know, uh, you grew up, uh, with a, a deeply Christian mom. I read about in, in the beginning of the book, it talks about how she said, Lord, please protect my three sons. She would say that prayer over you guys when, when you were younger. So how has faith played a role in your military career and also, you know, coping with the loss of your brothers? 
It's absolutely crucial. And, you know, I, I, I think that you can probably tell, you know, uh, the, the way that the book's written, that I kind of deviated in and out for, uh, of my faith for a long time and struggled with a lot of things and depression and otherwise. And earlier on, you know, you, you can also get the sense that it was a narcissistic, you know, uh, when I was young and, you know, just, uh, but, you know, you, you find it in the dark places, you know, when you, you know, when it all fades and that's, that's when it's been absolutely crucial for me and being married to the right woman, woman and surrounding yourself with the right people and the right friends. And, uh, you know, there's people of every faith in, in, the uh, Marine Corps, Navy, Army, Air Force. Um, but you know, uh, you, you can't be unequally yoked. So, you know, surrounding yourself with those Christian people, doing things like Ben was doing in, in Iraq and Afghanistan and having Bible studies, that, that's just absolutely fundamental, I believe. And, uh, you know, taking uh, taking the right steps and having that good daily diet. Yeah, and you have, hey, you have a good friend and your co-author of Tom now, yeah. for sure. So, uh, Tom, tell me about, um, you know, you alluded to it earlier, but how is uh, faith and, and other mental health uh, elements like, you know, PTSD, how, how is that all ingrained in this story where obviously there, there's war stories within this book as well? Sure. Well, I think uh, uh, Bo brought it up. Um, very appropriately about his brother, Ben, who, you know, was doing those Bible studies, you know, dating back to the original Iraq uh, invasion back in 2003. But then, you know, in 2011, 2012, when he was in the desolate mountains of northern Afghanistan, some of the, you know, most uh, dangerous terrain in the world at the time, and probably still now as well, you know, Ben was still and his good Green Beret friend, Kevin Flake were still, you know, spreading the word of God every day and, and praying before every mission. And people will read about their final mission, Kevin's final mission. He was shot on the deployment and survived. And then Ben's tragic final mission where he, when I say tragic, it's because he passed, but he also did an incredible, beautiful thing in saving lives and people get to read about that. So. You know, I think this book is about, and, and I include Bo, of course, in this, three young men who who lived their love of country and their faith in God. And what an incredible thing to, um, you know, be able to read and, and learn from. I've learned so much from this story myself. Yeah, we definitely uh, salute them and, and so many others for their service. And, and Bo, you, you talked about this a little earlier, too, uh, about kind of, you know, dealing uh, with um, how, you know, you were, you were angry and, and upset. And so uh, I, I know that's part of the book or part of your story is that you almost took your own life. Uh, tell me how, how, that, uh, how that happened and, and what, what stopped you. Uh, a lot of things, you know, I, you know, we're sitting there on the couch alone at night with a, uh, a bottle of whiskey. And it, it was a, a very daily habit where um, at the time, you know, I was, you know, drinking way beyond what was absolute what was appropriate and i was dealing to to cope with i was drinking to cope with grief and which meant that you know the cap came off the bottle as soon as i came home from work and again you know you are what you eat and my daily diet was just for the soul and the body and it was just you know starting to trash me and i just got trapped in a cycle that i couldn't break myself out of and as i sat there you know feeling sorry for myself and uh you know just loathing and self-pity 
Um, I started to think about, you know, Jeremy and Ben and all the way that they lived, the way that they died. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I remember all the lessons that they taught me. And one of the things was when they, you know, when Jeremy would constantly, you know, pound into my brain, hey, it's time to grow up. And I think I was always kind of behind the curve as far as maturity. I was the youngest. So not having a sibling as a, as a responsibility, always being the responsibility, you know, I was a little bit behind that curve. But, um, you know, as a child or adolescent teenager. Uh, but one of the things that I remind myself every single day is having to be with Ben and being able to be with Ben in his, his final moments, holding him as he died, you know, eight to ten rounds that were lodged in his torso, legs, and groin. I just reminded myself that, you know, six days that Ben fought. Ben fought for six days when the amputations were up to the hip. And, you know, his body was bloated, and, you know, fighting for every impossible breath. And it's just been kind of a reminder to myself, if, if Ben can fight, then I can fight, and I will keep fighting. And I think I've heard you say that, you know, that um, obviously your brothers and yourself, you know, heroes that have saved, you know, saved many lives on the battlefield, but your brothers, I guess, ultimately ended up saving yours and your wife there to, to help with that as well, right? Yeah, so I mean, having the support network at home, I'm glad you brought that up. And, um, Amber's just, you know, she's been supportive of this through all of it. And I've, I've put her through the ringer. And, uh, but now, you know, we have... Uh, um, our family is multiplied. The blessings are multiplied. We have a beautiful three-year-old boy and two-year-old daughter at home, Zach and Sarah. And that's, you know, again, just those daily habits and going home to them and, and just celebrating life and celebrating Jeremy's life and Ben's life. You know, and, and you, you know, eventually you've got to get past the morning phase and celebrate those memories that you have and learn to talk about it. You need to talk. You're going to have the moments where it's, where it's dark. That's okay. And it's all right, you know, just as long as you reach out to somebody left and right. So my encouragement to service members moving forward, especially for those going downrange in the near future, God bless our hearts out to you. You know, keep your heads up and you know, look left and right. If you see something wrong, say something. Speak up. Yeah. And, and so and that's your message to, to those who are, you know, going through this, maybe PTSD, whether they lost family members or whether they lost, you know, uh, best friends out in war. I mean, what would you say to them in terms of if they, you know, are, are picking up that gun or that bottle of whiskey to try to deal with their, their pain? Yeah, well, I, I think it's definitely true for me and, and true for everyone. Uh, myself, grief and, grief and alcohol don't mix, uh, number one. And I'm guilty. I've done it, you know, many times. And, uh, there, you know, there's a time and place for everything, um, but you know, uh, I, I would say that there's more research. First of all, there's more resources now than there ever are. But uh, breaking down this cultural stigma is no one wants to be the guy to drop out of the hype. No one wants to be the guy to drop their pack. And so my encouragement is don't look down on someone when somebody wants to talk. If they just need to say something, get something off the chest. You know, be that brother, be that sister. Again, you know, always look left and right and take up, take care of the guys that you work with. Yeah. And I know it's great that you and, and Tom have collaborated to, to tell your story about this. And Tom, you know, this this podcast also focused on on fitness. And when people, you know, kind of pick up military books, you know, obviously there's a lot of emotional and relational aspects of this. But tell us about um, some of the, I guess, the, the war or, or action that's included in this book. Because, you know, to be like an elite sniper like Bo and to, to be, you know, a Green Beret and a, a Navy SEAL, you know, I mean, these are these are elite soldiers. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's someone who 
sits behind a keyboard for a living, uh, writing books and columns, you know, what I, when the, you know, Bo will casually say things about their training and I'll say, my gosh, you actually did that, you know, every single day you woke up at five, 6 a.m. And, and did that much and, and repeated it over and over and over again. And then the way that, you know, and again, this book, there's more than 1600 days in combat. Of course, that's impossible to encompass all that in one book. But I think when people read it, they will will see that the level of training that Ben, you know, in Ben's case, many, many years of training to get where he needed to be. And then in Jeremy's, you know, Jeremy had been thinking about becoming a Navy SEAL for many years. And then as Bo often says, you know, 9-11 was the straw that broke the camel's back, but he had to get into shape. He was getting to the point where he was at the age limit to enter Navy SEAL training, or as they say, buds. And so fitness is a huge, huge part of this story. And, and the training didn't stop when they got home or when they were deployed. They were training the whole time and staying fit and and doing everything from sharpshooting to running and weightlifting to make sure they were ready to go out there and, and defend the, the man or woman next to them on the battlefield. So I think uh, it's an example for all of us. And certainly has motivated me to uh, try to, you know, get away from behind the desk sometimes and do a little bit more exercise myself. So I'll work on that. <laughs> and, and this book, Tom, um, you know, it, it obviously uh, has to do with the military and, and the story of the, this the trio of heroes here. Um, but for those maybe who don't have connections to the military, they're you know not a part of the military family or a community. Uh, what what kind of message does do you hope that that uh, you know this book sends to them? Well, that's a great question, Jason. Uh, Three Wise Men is not just a military book. Um, it is about love, it's about family, it's about brotherhood, it's about faith. And we made a concerted effort from day one that this book wouldn't just be about Jeremy, Ben, and Bo, it would be about their families, their loved ones. I mean, some of the things that, you know, Ben's, um, Ben, Jeremy, and Bo's sister Heather went through, um, the widows, of course, uh, their mom, Mary, um, are just extraordinary. The strength and the way that they've all been able to uh, lean on their faith um, should inspire anyone, whether you know, you know, have a connection to the military community or not. And um, and again, just that bond and and the brotherhood, um, I think, will inspire many people. I hope it does. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and and, and Bo, you know, and um, I know the the first chapter I think is called Wising Up. You were at school, uh, kind of studying percussion, and you kind of felt drawn to the military, just like your brothers. Uh, but your mom wasn't real fond of this. She didn't think it was a wise decision, right? No, she did not. And as a matter of fact, uh, she kind of stopped talking to me for a while. I'm not going to use the word disowned. It was a bluff. And, but you know, uh, she didn't cook for me for almost a week, and she's coming up with every last ditch effort she could uh, think of to talk me out of it. And, um, you know, it's, it, and, uh, I, I was just, I was so envious of Jeremy and Ben and, and listened to everything they talked about. And, and I, I got to, I had a very unique perspective as well, you know, from army infantry to someone, you know, graduating buds and I was like, man. So I, I think I got a pretty broad education as well as, you know, I had a cousin who's 
uh, two cousins that are practically brothers, Nathan and Jonathan, that we grew up with in South Arkansas. And one was an F-18 aviator, the other was Marine Counterintelligence. So I, I, I had, a, you know, just about as much of an education as you could. And, and so I, I think that she knew with that much influence that it was just pretty much inevitable as well as my dad. And, uh, you know, Tom talked about it earlier, Bo, uh, in terms of your training. Tell us about maybe uh, some examples of the, some of the things that you did, whether it be, you know, uh, here in America or on deployments. I mean, are you a pretty fit guy, played sports growing up as well? Yeah, you know, I, I was pretty active as, as a kid. And, um, and I, I, I love baseball. I, I severed my leg open, um, you know, uh, in, uh, gosh, eighth grade. And it, my right calf was pretty much complete, complete atrophy. So baseball was done at that point. And my dad, being a doctor, came up with this wild idea. He said, you're going to run track. And I said, what? And, uh, but, you know, he uh, actually helped me rehab. And it, that, was, that was a long, rigorous process to where I was walking funny. I, you know, but anyway, you know, fast forward, you know, as far as the Marine Corps is concerned, um, you know, I was always uh, – towards the front of the pack, or I tried to be that guy. I was close to a 300 PFT guy. Um, but, it, you know, I, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, uh, crazy stories. My my combat experience is very much minimal in comparison to Jeremy and Ben. And, uh, you know, Tom, um, you, you used to work uh, with me here at WTVM about two decades ago, and I know writing is a passion of yours, but um, what is it about getting to tell the stories and, uh, of the military? And, um, I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's action involved uh, when it comes to war zones, and, and there's tragedy as well. But for you, what's, what, what draws you to, to, to stories like that of Bo's? Well, and I have to just show off my WTVN mug. It's 20 years <laughs> old, and uh, but uh, it's so great to be with you. But, uh, you know, actually, seriously, being at WTVM and, and moving, I'm from Northern Virginia, and moving to Columbus uh, straight out of college um, and getting that perspective, it was right after 9-11, as you remember, Jason. And uh, that was my first real window into... Uh, seeing a military community transform into a wartime environment and seeing those families adapt to, you know, deployments. And at that time, 9-11, I mean, anything was possible at that time in terms of how long our involvement was going to be. I don't think any of us could have predicted 20 years, but how many theaters this would be. And, and these men and women were just so willing to to step forward and serve. And it's never stopped in the last two decades. You now have you know, some moms and dads who served after 9-11 and their children are going into the military. I mean, it's extraordinary. So, you know, my, both my grandfathers were World War II veterans. So that was where my initial respect for the military community came from. But until you see it close up firsthand, um, you know, I just wanted to do everything I could, be it when I worked at WTVM and worked in television to now as a columnist and an author, I just want to help them tell their stories. And, and again, I'm just so honored that Bo trusted me to help him in this really extraordinary effort in Three Wise Men. And uh, for, for you, Bo, you know, um, you know, going through this process over the last couple of years of writing this book, um, is, is that for you, has that been a healing process or is it really difficult to, to kind of, you know, see on the, on the page, uh, you know, the stories about your brothers and uh, bring up old wounds, perhaps? 
Uh, it, it was both. It was absolutely both. And I knew I knew it was going to be. I, I was had no illusions. Um, and but I think I absolutely believe that it was a necessary one. Um, I, I would not do it again, but I'm glad it's done. I'm I, I'm very proud of of what Tom and I did, and preserving Jeremy and Ben's legacy. Um, you know, and one of the things that Tom and I synced on from the very beginning, as I said, look, I one of the things that I, I really want the you know the reader to understand is that they died pres preserving life, not just taking lives. Taking life was something they did when they have to. Uh, but the preservation of life was, you know, I, I mean, Ben rescued a woman and children from a cave network, you know, in the middle of a firefight. And that was the day that he died. And, you know, that it was always on his mind. Like, I don't know about this. I need to go clear that cave personally. And he did. And he saved lives on, you know, his last. And then Jeremy was, you know, fighting to protect people from a, a potential threat, which we now know, of course, was a uh, the, the worst possible threat and you know that was the last thing on his heart and on his mind was you know getting in between you know his guys in danger so yeah absolutely diving into that that was uh you know and trying to find out whatever details we could um it was absolutely painful but you know i got the right co-author and i i knew it beforehand and i definitely knew it when we got into those final deployment chapters when i had to tell tom like look I've got to step back and, and you're going to have to take the reins from here. And he said, I got it, man. When it's, when it's time to go through edits, I'll reach out to you. And, you know, I, I can't thank Tom enough for everything that you've done in helping us preserve Jeremy and Ben's memory. And it's been, uh, been a long journey, but it's been a very rewarding one. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Bob. And, and, and Tom, you know, uh, does does telling these stories like like the the Wise Brothers and other stories that you've been able to tell through columns and through books, does it um, you know obviously it inspires you, but it does also kind of make you you've got a wife and and, and daughters. Uh, does it make you you know like maybe a lot of families that hear these stories to kind of hug them a little tighter and, and kind of really um, you know appreciate what you have? Absolutely, and. Uh... Being able to introduce my oldest daughter, Reagan, to Bo uh, when we were on one of our book trips up to uh, Virginia um, was just so special. You know, just explaining to her, this is somebody who, who volunteered to serve after 9-11. She's just learning about 9-11 now. She's about to turn 10. And, um, and then her knowing that, you know, Bo lost both of his brothers. You know, on this past Veterans Day, Reagan made you know, a special card for Bo and just being able to show her through the real people that have made these sacrifices, you know, what what her country's all about and the people who have fought to keep this country safe um, is so special. And, and I absolutely hug them tighter because of this. And we talk about it and we learn from it as a family. And it's just the privilege of a lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys both did a great job with this. And Bo, you know, Tom mentioned, uh, you know, September 11th a few times. So um, did that, you know, um, you know, obviously those attacks were coming up on the 20th anniversary a few months from now of those attacks on America. Um, and uh, was that something that sparked you in the military? And maybe in 20 years later, do you, um, does it something that still kind of makes you uh, proud, but also angry at kind of what happened? Well, you know, at at the time, uh, 20 years ago, when, when everything happened, the first thing that popped into 
uh, every wise family member was Ben. You know, Ben had you know, just kind of settled into 2nd Infantry Division at Fort Lewis, 520th, uh, the mechanized infantry unit. And so he had, you know, he wasn't in training anymore. He was, he was there, you know, like on standby, ready to go. So I think that's where uh, uh, the majority of the Wise family was, you know, on the on September 11th, on 9/11. Um, you know, looking back, uh, you know, we've, we, we've, you know, received a lot of questions and gone through a few interviews, and um, at, at some point in time, it was, you know, do you think it was a waste or it was for naught or you know this or that but again you know jeremy and ben died saving lives and there's there's great patriots walking this earth because of you know the actions of jeremy and ben and i've said it before and i'll say it again i truly believe in my heart that they do it again yeah absolutely yeah it's it's amazing you know the sacrifice people go through it and, and tom you know what what do you hope that um, you know, uh, people get from this book in terms of you know, if they if they purchase it and, and get a chance to read it. Um, you know, in terms of the, the story that's being told, because uh, I know you guys have alluded to kind of what it's centrally about. But uh, what do you hope that people? I mean, does it that it stirs them to action or that appreciation of our military? I think it's all of those. I think the first thing is just knowing that there's heroes among us every day. Uh, they could be in the grocery store. They could be you know, anywhere. And, um, and, and we've also seen that, of course, during this pandemic with healthcare workers and everybody else who we revere and thank, but these military men and women and their families, they're, they're us, they're America. And I think, um, if we think about it in that way, that we're all in this together, you know, it can unite us in many different ways. And, and absolutely, I think, you know, the patriotic aspect of it, um, you know, we're all Americans. I wish we'd remember that more on a daily basis, no matter what we're arguing about or what divides us. I wish we could, you know, all look at a story like the Wise family and say, you know, look at what a family like theirs is willing to do for us. So shouldn't we set aside our differences and come together? So, um, and just in, in closing on that question, I think, uh, you know, remembering that, there are a lot of veterans out there, a lot of Gold Star family members out there that might need our help, that that need to talk. And, you know, I think in some ways, Jason, it starts with you. Thank God we have patriotic journalists like you who, you know, you've spent years reminding people about what the military community goes through and what they've done. And I think, you know, at that level and then certainly at the, the political level, um, doing everything we can to make sure, you know, veterans not only have, you know, the infrastructure and the help they need, but just that message that Bo repeats all the time, talk to somebody. And, and also, if you're around a veteran, talk to him or her and make sure they're doing okay. So I think it, we all can play a part in uh, reminding people that, you know, as a country, we can always do better. Yeah, we all definitely have a responsibility, and, and uh, um, I appreciate that. And last question for you, Bo. Um, you know, this, uh, you guys both kind of talked about it. This is a, a story uh, in part about faith as well. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm sure you may have friends that are still in the military, or, or there are so many, you know, uh, tens of thousands of soldiers and uh, out there, Marines, um, that are still, you know, kind of um, in harm's way. So what would you say to them in terms of, you know, uh, where to draw their strength when uh, they're going through some really tough times I think faith is uh, more important now than ever this is a 
And I noticed that I got out of March of last year, and that was just from the reserves. I got out of active in 2016, and I saw the climate change. And I, I think for uh, for every single believer of any faith, but especially you know for me as a Christian reaching out to other Christians, um, this transition, this drawdown from wartime to peacetime, it can be very, very challenging. And the numbers come down, uh, each branch gets more and more competitive, and it kind of turns into a dog-eat-dog culture. And it's it's nothing personal, I'm not slandering any of the branches, but in this specific transition, um, you know, it, it creates another uh, cultural statement, or not, I don't wanna overuse that word, but a lot of pressure for a lot of service members right now. This is a very, very unique climate. And uh, so being grounded in your faith, uh, when you're kind of stuck in both, uh, um, kind of, they're kind of stuck with the pressures of both wartime and peacetime. So I would encourage them to just stay grounded in their faith and, and you know, as they're adapting both at home and everywhere else. Yeah. Some good advice. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you both of you for joining me uh, via Zoom for the, uh, uh, the podcast and also our Military Matters segment for uh, WTVM. And uh, I appreciate it. Look forward to reading the book for sure. Hey, thanks, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Great to see you. Thanks, guys. Good thanks to see you. And again, I'm really looking forward to reading this book, um, and hopefully you can go out and, and buy it uh, online or, or at your favorite bookstore. Uh, it's available on Amazon. A lot of folks get it through there nowadays, and so uh, hopefully you get a chance to read it and pass it on to, to your family and friends to talk about these uh, these three heroes, but really all our heroes that especially have fought uh, post-war, uh, have fought in wars post 9-11. Now to our final segments of this Run the Race podcast, like we always have, we give you a little uh, food for thought, uh, which is some news tidbits related to the the topics we have on this episode, and also a parting gift, some inspiration from the Bible. We start with uh, some fitness and faith related to the military. Well, online, the Army writes about their new uh, combat fitness test, which officially was a test of record as of October. But uh, lawmakers uh, may hold off on fully implementing it because uh, they want to see how it's going to impact deployed soldiers and recruiting and retention, especially when we have this pandemic still happening out there. The six-event Army combat fitness test uh, is is causing some concerns because it's stricter requirements um, and it uh, puts a little more of a burden on those who are uh, in forward deployed areas. And so there was a letter actually sent by some Democratic senators uh, recently that stated the Army data shows a consistent 65% failure rate for women uh, in the military from this and 10% failure rate for men in the Army. And speaking of that, there's also an Army updated physical fitness doctrine. It's called Holistic Health and Fitness, or H2F. This comes from the Army News Service. Uh, they're saying this updated doctrine is uh, for the individual soldier and includes postpartum training for the very first time. It's all-inclusive. The framework uh, is really deals with all aspects of human performance. You've got physical, sleep, nutritional, spiritual, and mental fitness. It's really about you know being ready in so many different ways, reducing injury rates and rehab after injury. So that's kind of focusing more on that. Um, and they you're going to have uh, performance teams for H2F. You're going to have physical therapists, occupational therapists, athletic trainers, registered dietitians, 
strength and conditioning coaches and, and uh, other medical uh, people that can help you out. And again, the goal here is preventing injuries and increasing the lethality of these troops. Uh, as of February of 2019, uh, more than 56,000 soldiers weren't even able to deploy because of some of those injuries. And uh, in uh, 2018, they had a report that said uh, uh, 12% of soldiers had some form of sleep disorder. So hopefully this is going to help out with that. And on the faith side of things, for Food for Thought, we have an article from First Liberty. It says, how religious is our military? Three ways faith and defending freedom go hand in hand. Now, according to a recent study by the Congressional Research Service, about 73% of all military service members identify as people of faith. That's compared to less than 3% who are atheists or agnostics. So there's you know, a lot of religious diversity in the Army. And uh, nearly 70% of active duty military personnel consider themselves to be Christian. So that's the predominant religion there. Uh, and then in 2015, uh, a study by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs found that over uh, 18 million out of the nearly 20 million veterans in America, that's more than 90%, identify as being religious. So prior to 2017, there were about 100 religions that the U.S. military recognized. But now the, uh, the DOD, the Department of Defense, expanded that list. Uh, they now recognize 221 total religions and different faith groups. And finally, to our parting gift, uh, I've actually uh, you know, read the, the Old Testament the last uh, five months of 2020. So I uh, kicked off the first three weeks of this year, 2021, by reading all four Gospels so far as I continue into the New Testament. And I uh, just finished up. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so our parting gift comes from uh, the final gospel. John 13, 34 says, this is from Jesus. He, he tells them, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. So he repeats that. Those three words that can be just a command that is so powerful, uh, it can be in this world today. Love each other. And uh, that can it can look like a lot of a lot of things, a lot of different ways. Am I loving that person by saying that or doing that? And now we close in prayer. Uh, dear God, uh, just thank you for uh, these heroes, uh, these soldiers from all military and people from all military branches that uh, that go out and and do what they need to do so that uh, we can feel safe. Uh, and have the freedom we have in America and, and across the world. Uh, we just thank you and, and pray for their families, uh, those who have lost loved ones in war and through the military, and, and those who uh, people you know are in harm's way. We pray for their family members, their wives, their moms, their dads, and sisters and brothers, that uh, you will just give them comfort and peace and strength. And uh, God, we pray for our nation right now as we as we go through this transition and continue to have this coronavirus pandemic. That Lord God, that you will bring a uh, health and uh, harmony across the United States right now. God, that we can all all uh, you know uh, uh, speak life uh, to other people. And uh, we just thank you for this opportunity uh, to to talk about uh, you, uh, our our faith, and uh, just being fit. Uh, as people overall. You name me pray. Amen. And that's going to do it for this episode of Run the Race. And uh, 
We appreciate it. If you can uh, share it with your friends, use hashtag Run the Race Podcast. And uh, we have some great guests coming up. Uh, the last one, if you missed it, we had a, uh, a gentleman, Coach Abdul Fox from Orange Theory Fitness, giving us some uh, tips of uh, how to stay in shape and be motivated for the new year. And he also talked about his basketball career in college NCAA tournament and also in the pros. Uh, he had his locker next to Michael Jordan. So make sure to listen to that 51st episode as well. And I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of January.